Where Do Men Go to Heal? The Power of a Healing Masculine. Oof. This is by far one of my favorite episodes that I've done so far and the first male guest I've had on the podcast. Kibwe Cooper is the founder of Creative Podcast Network and Empower You Podcast, and he was willing to sit at the table with me, have this vulnerable and open conversation that's not really a leading conversation. You know, where do men go to feel safe? What is it like to do that in a work as a male in society? So I hope you can grab some gems and enjoy this episode with Kibwe Cooper. All right, so welcome back to another episode of A Walk Back to Self-Love. I am so excited about this guest because we connected the first time I lived in Fort Wayne, which was 2015 to 2018, somewhere around there. Um, And then since I've been back in Fort Wayne, we just had those serendipitous moments where we kept running into each other. And I'm like, okay, we got to sit down (laughs) and just chop it up over what we're going to talk about today. But uh, before we get into that, I want to introduce you to Kibway Cooper, who is the founder of Creative Podcast Network and the creator and host of Empower You Podcast. So I got another podcaster. And <laughs> how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for inviting me onto your platform. Yes. Thank you for it. being here and energy exchanging and yes. the willingness to be vulnerable. I can't wait to really dive in. We've already spent, I think, the last 45 minutes or so (laughs) talking about this, recording a podcast episode within a podcast episode, um, because there's so much good stuff in what we're about to talk about. But first, how did you realize that you wanted to dive into the podcasting world? Because you are a creative Mm -hmm. by by nature from your past, but like, how did you know this was it? Um, So... I realized that I wanted to be a podcaster when um, I was learning that there was a lot of limitations around what people would allow my voice to do. So whether I had an opinion or I had uh, something I had to say, unless you own your own platform, you don't have the same license to truly be yourself and to grow and to organically reach people as yourself and so in 2020 during um there was a lot of uprising that happened here in fort wayne and there was a lot of crazy stuff and i found myself in a lot of public settings expressing myself speaking uh giving my opinion my perspective i gave speeches and stuff it was really interesting and so people started to gravitate gravitate towards me during that season of my life as a speaker and 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 at, there was at one point I, I started to have like political aspirations and then I realized that the ultimately the biggest good I could do was to own my own platform and to give other people the opportunity to speak on it and then also to give myself an opportunity to be me and to use my voice for what I believe it was designed to do and so um, that's what really really cemented the process of podcasting for me I had had an idea to start a podcast uh, about self-development and about bringing stories back in with with practical um, easy to execute exercises in every episode which I did um, I had had a vision to to create music and, and films and things that reach people with narratives which I've done in certain aspects but I realized what I needed to build was a community and an audience to then catapult anything else that I wanted to do um, and I wanted to do it all from a genuine, an organic, a authentic place. And so Empower You Podcast and podcasting 
became became the outlet for me. So, you know, we do live in a in a world where people have easy access. They may not own completely their right. entire voice in the platform, but most people can easily yeah. access a podcast. Yeah. Do you believe that everybody should have a voice or a platform on a podcast or do you kind of think that it's one of those things that it's a resource out there let people be people yeah. let everybody have a voice everybody's got an audience that sort of thing like in your yeah. experience since you built this what have you seen on on in that area so i think it's it's easy to speak your mind and if that's what you want to do you don't really need a podcast to do that but i think um when you decide that you're going to create a body of work that that uh speaks to a certain need for others when you, it's like you're building your own encyclopedia for self-love, for empowerment, for whatever your true desire and purpose is in life. Um, and that's what I believe podcasting is for. Does that mean that other people are excluded? No. But I think the highest purpose for podcasting is helping us get through difficult moments, helping us get through and answer difficult problems. And so whether that's in your business or in your personal life or financial life, I think there's a lot of space in there for us to help each other solve problems. And that's what I enjoy doing. So um, it's not that I don't think everyone deserves a podcast, but I don't think unless you understand what you're really trying to provide, you even have um, enough of an understanding on what you're really trying to put out into the world. It can get really superficial, this idea that I'm going to turn on this microphone, everybody's going to value my opinion it's like that's great nothing no no one said that your opinion wasn't great but is your opinion something that uplifts others is your opinion something that helps others or are you just like a running tabloid i don't i don't i don't really like fluff podcasts i'll just be one thousand <laughs> percent yeah yeah um i really believe in, in in helping other people and providing value and so uh for me i don't think everybody needs a podcast i, I just don't I don't think so. You know, I don't think you need an encyclopedia on absolutely everything, you know. And so for me, um, I think your your own platform that you own, whether it's your channel or your Facebook or if even, even if it's your podcast, you know, you do act out of integrity with whatever you have. But for me, um, I believe there's a big space available for me to continue to impact other people and to show other people who are purpose-driven how to impact their desired audience, desired clients mm -hmm. uh, in a similar way. So uh, where we're at in the world is very interesting. And what we've all gone through in the last two and a half years, I think, has obviously secluded people where mm -hmm. they've been more in touch with themselves, figuring out, like, what do I want to do? Who do I want to <laughs> be? What do I want to create for my life? Where do you think the future of podcast will go? And can more people, do you believe, monetize off of it? Or do you think it's going to be just more of a passion project for a lot of people? Um, I think there will always be a great number of passion projects. Um, but I also think wherever there is a need, there is an opportunity. I think we're not going to stop needing to borrow other people's 10,000 hours of experience. And so I think there will always be income to be made off of that experience, off of those solutions that we can provide in podcast spaces in a way that you can't provide any other way. Um, so I think the future of podcasting is that it's going to become even bigger um, as, as a network, as, a, as a, a social media entity, because I think just like everyone has an Instagram or a Facebook, eventually people will start to all have podcasts, which means... Um, we're going to have to separate, right? We're going to have to 
to really think about TV, right? There's all these channels, but you have to pay for certain ones. And that's why I think eventually we'll start to segment certain types of channels off. And we've already seen it somewhat with Patreon, with the formation of different networks. If you watch Gimlet Media and Spotify and the way these different people are moving, they're occupying and buying up shows that people want to hear. And eventually they'll quite likely put a paywall in front of it. And so um, I think for myself and the Creative Podcast Network, I'm doing the same thing. I'm creating, my goal is to be, you know, the largest, diverse, most diverse group of experts and storytellers who are impacting the world in a, in a dynamic way and making the realities of new uh, industries and the success of new innovators um, popular and available worldwide. So that's that's my vision for the podcast network. And I think that vision is shared by other people. Um, they're just going about it in different ways. And so I think and in terms of podcasting, it's only going to continue to rise uh, because there is nothing else that you can really binge someone's personality, their mindset, their solutions, their mm -hmm. years and years of experience the way that you can do with podcasting. You can do it while walking, you can do it while hiking, you can do it while in the, in the gym. There's so much accessibility within podcasting, whether it's video, audio, audio and video, however you wanna do that, um, the accessibility is just insane. And so um, I think it's a very, very bright and very lucrative future in podcasting <laughs> yeah. giving hope to people that are you know oh, yeah. you know uh, creating and trying to get their voice out in more unique ways besides yes. just your social media because yes. anybody can niche. go live and anybody can Correct. do stories um, but how can you expand on that and actually give valuable yeah. content to yeah. people and and the thing about you know podcasting if you if it done correctly is you you have to understand you're creating a relationship with people when you're speaking, your opinion, the intros, the outros, it all adds to this experience that someone is having with you intimately, right in their ears. Mm -hmm. And so it's really hard to separate that bond um, if you're not intentional, right? So uh, I'll say this a different way. If you're going to be in a position where you have a platform, you know, podcasting is going to give you an entirely different type of relationship with people than YouTube, mm -hmm. than Facebook, than mm -hmm. Instagram Live, than Facebook Live. It's just a different relationship. And so by the time people are done listening to two, three hours of what you have to say, they either absolutely love you or they're absolutely hating you. <laughs> yes. And, and that's where it goes back to what I asked you. Yeah. It's wonderful that there are resources out mm -hmm. there for people that podcast but maybe not everybody. <laughs> I, I don't think but everybody. But the freedom yeah. to create yeah. all you want. But, yeah. you know, yeah. it, it does come with the, well, anybody can launch a podcast. Yeah. How do you yeah. stand out? <laughs> I think you got to find your people. I think the, yeah. the riches are in the niches, right? You know, I think that's why I think it's important that you understand what you're trying to podcast about. Like if you're a running tabloid or you have specific types of content you really do need to focus on what those that audience needs from you like for me you know i, I podcast about self-development i podcast about stories of of betterment and of growth and all these other things and for me that's really important because i see the need for it so i now understand from understanding who my audience is 
what they need, you know, the kind of stories they want to hear, um, and the kind of programming that would be beneficial for them because I'm focused on making available to them what I didn't have, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I think when you talk about should everyone have a podcast, it's like, well, who are you talking to? Right. You know, what do they need? Because ultimately your podcast is designed to serve other people. And if you're not thinking about serving other people, it's going to be difficult for you to sustain a podcast audience because it's hard to hide when it's just your voice. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no fancy graphics. There's no, like, they just got to hear you. Mm-hmm. And if you're, you know, kind of well, and, and we do currently live in a society that's more me over we. Yeah. And I think that that's good to a point because you have to work on you. You have to yep. be able to uh, hyper-focus on what you want to create, but how is that transferring over into a we and mm-hmm. helping people? So kind of going to the second part of this, now that we got your yeah. intro out and, and, the, <laughs> and what led you here, when we, so, so Kibway and I bumped into each other on a seren, another serendipitous uh, <laughs> meeting at a coffee shop. Yeah. And it's kind of what, what I enjoy about you and your energy is like when we bump into each other, it's like, boom, we instantly just yeah. go into like an episode <laughs> without it being an episode. And that's when yep. we looked at each other. I was like, yep. I need to have you on my podcast. Absolutely. And we need to talk about this. And it, it also goes into your self-development and what you've learned in your podcasting, but the main focus about men in society mm-hmm. and like you feeling and other men feeling like, well, where do I go to heal? Yeah. Where do I go to express yeah. my pain, my um, triggers, my emotional mess? Because mostly society focuses on on the woman, yeah. or you know how how does the the female audience where do they go? So what have have you found healing through your your podcasting and and do you find that there are other men that connect with you to be heard and seen? Um, so how, one have where do men go to heal? I think depending on what community you come from, you could have your different interpretations of healing. For uh, for myself as a black man, growing up, the main place you would talk about issues um, in your household and things like that was at the barbershop. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's where a lot of people would, you know, discuss their issues with their family or dating or whatever. And so um, those were the safe spaces. And so as in terms of podcasting, um, you know, I've met different people through my podcast that I think are incredible and that I have connected with offline and, you know, created uh, friendships and relationships with. Um, but what I think is a common thread that I've noticed is that, you know, there is there seems to be no real accessible um, nucleus for, for healing within men. Um, I think we focus on a lot of how men affect others, but not mm-hmm. how, you know, uh, uh, men are affected not only by society uh, but also you know by the trauma that they experience um, and men experience a lot of trauma as well in in all facets um, I want to say what is it six out of ten boys eight out of ten boys are are, are you know molested and, mm-hmm. and things like that you know so you got to understand there is trauma happening on, on multiple levels and as men, you know, it's difficult to speak on these things because those are not the narratives for which you are appreciated for. You know, we are glorified and validated for being a certain thing, 
you know, for not being compassionate, for being goal-oriented, for conquering, for um, accomplishing great goals. Or providing. Or providing mm-hmm. or providing safety or, or there's there's so many things that men are validated for that are great. It's not a bad thing. It's just there's a lot more um, that men are able to feel and that men are able to experience than what is highly publicized as a media, you know. And don't get me wrong, you know, there's been a lot of trauma inflicted by men. I'm not saying that's <laughs> we, not so We true, spent 45 right? minutes, I kid you not, <laughs> we spent 45 minutes talking about relationships and sex yeah, and yeah. The, the misunderstandings between relationships yeah. Yeah. and the illusions that someone can create. And I know I take full accountability on my past <laughs> and what I have done wrong in relationships, but I've also been in some doozies, yeah. you know? And it's because I have interacted and energy exchanged and dated uh, with men that were not in touch with themselves Mm -hmm. and are afraid to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, where, where do men begin? Where in your conversations now that it's, it's expanded outside of the barbershop and outside (laughs) of your, you know what I mean? Like the dialogue's there now. So where, where do men go from here? So I think um, men have to take charge of their own um, sensitivity. Uh, we have to rebrand how we feel about our emotions and we have to do so in a proactive way. And I think that takes a, a movement of some, co- some sort. And I think more and more men are starting to go to therapy and things like that. But um, because men have always been the providers of safety and not the receivers of safety, uh, we often feel like at any moment, let me, let me back up. We, I keep saying we. I think what I've experienced as a man is that I can often only experience safety after I have provided someone something. And sometimes that transactional feeling of safety doesn't lend itself to actual healing. Um, And so for me, what I'm learning to do is have more conversations with other men Um, about how they overcame their own traumas, how they overcame their own fears of inadequacy or insecurity or or people not understanding them. And um, you have to start creating those communities and creating those dialogues. I think, you know, there was um, someone posted on on their Instagram story and it was a quote. I don't know her name, but... It was a quote, and it said that men should be appreciated for just being who they are. Not for what they provide, not Mm -hmm. for what they did, um, but just for being exactly who they are. And um, I don't believe that's a thing. I don't, I don't, one, I don't think anybody's appreciated, but I do think we absolutely celebrate women for being women. I don't think we celebrate men for being men. I agree with that. I think we absolutely berate men for being men and we berate men for processing things the way that we do and I think that on the one hand um, is understandable Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's even karma on certain aspects but I also think as we continue to move forward it's not sustainable it's not a sustainable approach to creating the conscious and emotionally intelligent male Um, because at a certain point, if you keep telling me I'm the enemy, 
well then I just I'll just play the bad guy because ultimately my goal is to become all that I can be and if I have to assume that you're gonna hate me for it I'm just gonna assume you're gonna hate me for it I'm gonna lean into it mm -hmm. not because I hate you but because self-preservation is the ultimate goal and I'm not gonna allow you to cease or, 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 or change my level of existence because of how you feel about me and so um, I think that's the slippery slope when it comes to men and how way we internalize things you know we I have noticed you know that men in that I've known would will lean into a certain behavior because that's constantly what they're told is them you know whether it's um, and, and that's on every spectrum you know um, whether you're a super macho guy and so everybody, you know, regards you as this great athlete, blah, blah, blah. So you lean into those characteristics because those are the things that people validate you for. Or, you know, you may be a, 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 an effeminate guy or, or a non-binary guy and people keep calling you a certain thing, mm -hmm. you know, and so you lean into that. And you may not truly identify with that, but that's what people keep telling you. And so that's so what I'm just going to become. Yeah. You know, because ultimately I want to exercise my male energy, which is to get things done, which is to either be eaten or eat. And so um, I think that can get really convoluted because there's so much space in between the fight and flight re uh, re reflex. There's so much space in between there. There's a lot of emotions. There's a lot of understanding that we have to have of ourselves there's a lot of wounds that need to be healed father wounds mother wounds um sibling wounds that have to be healed and if you don't feel safe enough to say you know this hurts me if you don't feel safe even in a power position to say this hurts me you feel like everybody's going to invalidate the fact that you know uh that you're feeling some kind of way and, I, and i'll give you a for instance and then I'll, I'll i'll stop no no you're good um so there so was, i have you on this is an important <laughs> conversation i'm not here to talk this is your, it's you listen it's, <laughs> and it's interesting like so there was a, a an environment there was a a show that i did and there was this guy and um he thought i was really attractive and that became kind of his joke right his mm -hmm. bit was that, you know, he you thought were his boy. Bit. Well, you're right. Yeah. Was that my whatever was his bit. Like, he thought... And then people would laugh, and it was funny. And don't get me wrong, I didn't feel like it was a big issue. But I also understood, like, you're 1,000% objectifying me. I was just going to ask you, and did if, you feel objectified? Uh, absolutely. And if I were a female, and you I were... And, and, and people life. were making jokes about me in that way... And making me the, the, the source of this joke, you know, which is obviously in some way sexual, mm -hmm. you know, that would be a capital offense. Yeah. But because I'm a male, I'm not allowed to feel as though you're completely objectifying me. And it's assumed that I should just like that attention. Because you're a man. Because I'm a man. Mm -hmm. And this is where... I will say, as a woman, we don't always pay attention to that perspective or show grace to that mm. perspective because it's just, well, let men are men, boys will be boys, but without getting to the root of the fact that, like, maybe this is objectifying, maybe yeah. this is hurtful, yeah. you know, maybe this is disrespectful. Yeah.
Because you're going to probably most likely get met, well, men have done way worse to women. Oh, uh, absolutely. You know, and so then absolutely. that dialogue happens. comparative suffering. Yes, yes. You know? and, 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 that's, and, and it is interesting because it's assumed that men want to be perceived a certain way. And I don't think all men do. I certainly don't care to, 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 to constantly be objectified by men or women. You know, I don't, I don't enjoy attention that I don't want, you know, mm-hmm. like, so, so to me. And it's interesting that you, you admit that because I, I know for me, I, I probably more often than not assume that men do because it's that carnal, animalistic, women have it. I have it. Right. I know other women that do, but men usually lead in with that carnal. Well, I, I want like what it. I hunt. Yeah. If I didn't hunt you, <laughs> right. why would you assume I want you? Right, right. And hunting involves stealth. Why would I need a, mm-hmm. a, a bell around my neck if I'm hunting? Right. You know, and just to even put it in a carnal sense, you know. So, so to me, I think, you know, misunderstandings about that. As a grown man, I know how I feel, right? I, I can I can dive into that. You know, but even beyond that, you got, you know, prepubescent kids who might be good at basketball or football or track or music. And, and so now you become this whole thing and you're objectified based off of it. What does that do for your development? Oh, well, this happens to girls all the time. Mm-hmm. It also happens to boys all the time. You know, boys are very, very insecure about their bodies. Very insecure. And that's another thing that most girls and women don't don't know. They don't know. It's like the whole, you know, dad bod. Oh, but if a woman walked down in a mom bod, we'd have a whole different conversation. The tabloids would be out. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter, positive or negative. Like, Mm -hmm. you could say, um, you could say, well, you know, they were just saying that you were hot. You should just take it as a compliment. It's like, right, but if I drove down the street and I honked at you and mm-hmm. yelled at the window that you look great today or or, 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 or good morning, babe, or something yeah. like that, I would be a jerk, You'd be offended. right? You'd mm-hmm. be offended because this is unwanted attention um, that you shouldn't just do. And for men, it, it's the same way. Um, and don't get me wrong, I think some guys need that for their ego. Some guys play into that because they feel like it gives them a certain status. But what I know is that most men are very, very, very insecure. Just as insecure, if not more insecure, than women are. And because of this, you know, we can co-sign with things that are not necessarily who we truly are in an attempt to come off more masculine, to come off more secure. Now, I think I'm pretty secure in who I am, Mm -hmm. but that does not mean I want unwanted attention. That does not mean that I want you to tell every woman in here that I'm hot. Why would I need that? Right. Like, I don't desire that type of attention. And I think, and I was talking to a lady about this, and she kind of, like, disregarded that, the, the objectification of it all. Yeah. You know? What, um, was her, what was her reasoning in that conversation? She just assumed that, it, that this works it. out, right? Because yeah. ultimately... The, my highest goal is to is to you know is <laughs> to is, is to have sex your... with women, right. which is just like, 
don't get me wrong, that's a human need. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? To to have some type of physical connection with another human, however you classify all that. Mm-hmm. And so to me, I think we have so simplified and boiled down the identity of men that we do ourselves a disservice because now our only tool is to be the tool, right? Mm-hmm. That gets attention by hurting you or not giving you what you want. And so um, I think it's a kind of a, a it, it's kind of, you know, when you see that snake that's just eating its own tail, that's kind of the way that I see that narrative around men. And I think there are more healing conversations that need to be had about abuse, about neglect, about uh, uh, um, identity, about insecurity, because there's a lot of guys I know who were objectified as young men right mm-hmm. um who who were involved in relationships with older women that they should never have had because of whatever object was desirable you know to that woman and so naturally you know and so in a lot of ways late ladies was well you probably loved it that's not necessarily that's, true yeah that's terrible there is a biological response to things Right, which yes. can give you a false positive. Yes. But the emotional and internal response to this is that I don't have control of my own body right now. I love that you are, thank you for being so vulnerable <laughs> because this is important to to discuss because, it, it and I think that it, it goes into that conversation of rape, of, mm-hmm. of molesting, is your body is going to have that effect. Correct. Doesn't mean that you want it. Correct. Doesn't mean that you're enjoying it. Correct. But your body is going to create that sensation. Absolutely. And that result. Absolutely. And it actually it tears me up inside to to really focus on that for men, you know, um, because us women, me, uh, I don't think about stuff like that. When you know, you think, oh yeah, probably do like that. She's a very attractive older woman, and hey, look at you. But you don't know what what that individual boy or man or teenager is really feeling, and Absolutely. that's sad. Absolutely. And the thing about it is, when you think about this in terms of 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 um, even the the primal state of men, like for some men, you know, your first your first understanding of your value is based off of what you can provide for women. You know? Mm-hmm. And so immediately you arrive into a state of self vanquished. And so in every relationship you have after that, you seek to get back some of what you lost during those first encounters. Some mm-hmm. of the respect, some of the dignity, some of the control that you lost during some of those first encounters. And that's why I think it's so damaging that we constantly assume men are just these creatures that just want you. That's not necessarily true. And I also think it's it's ridiculous to assume that women are not creatures that want things too. I know. We've talked about this before. You know, so. like yes. there's, this, there's a reciprocal thing happening here. And yes, there's a lot of gray lines and things get confused, but I do think that uh, we oversimplify what men go through and how they feel. And as a result, we lend ourselves to more misunderstandings. And men, and the way that we respond, the way that I have responded to things in the past, was to um, was to harden, was to toughen up, was to allow less space in for you to affect me emotionally. 
because I know that I'm not safe with you. I understand that this is something that you want. I understand that there are certain things that I provide for you emotionally, physically, mentally, and therefore I've compartmentalized what I'm doing because I know beyond what this does for you, you're not even listening to what I have to say. And I think eventually that comes out. Mm -hmm. And so that's happened to me. That's happened to people that I know. And so I think this is not an uncommon thing in men. And I think it's just something that we often don't talk about because Nobody wants to talk about the time they didn't feel in control of their own body. Nobody wants to talk about the time where they were completely objectified. And while it would look as though, you know, well, you had a good time, right? It's like, did I, though? Right. You know? It's the assumption that you did. Yeah, your assumption that I don't feel, you know, uh, uh, fragmented by the experience. So what do you do and in the conversations that you've had with other males post that? How do you internalize, how do you heal from that to move forward so it doesn't damage you in future situations and relationships? One, you know, I'm really, I believe you, you, we have to, to go inside, right? We have to understand and begin to investigate who we are and what we truly desire. And... It doesn't matter how other people feel about it. What do you truly desire? Maybe you just want to be a juggler, you know? Maybe maybe you just want to ride BMX bikes. Maybe, you know, you want to start a business. Maybe you just want to do a lawn care service. Maybe there's so many things that we can sometimes take in messages about whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, and I think the first step to reclaiming who you are and your identity is acknowledging that you have been hurt that certain things did happen to you and that certain people in your life maybe didn't show up for you or maybe didn't equip you to handle the trauma that you perceived from your friends, from your relationships, from a relationship you maybe didn't have as much control over, um, from the comments of others, from father wounds, from people not being there for you. Um, and so I think first you gotta, you have to go inside first. Who am I? Who is Kibway? Who are who am I and what is it that I truly desire for myself and how am I going to execute that in the world, you know, and what are the barriers? And for some people, it might be public speaking. For some people, it might be vulnerability. For some people, it might be, you know, I just don't want to talk about this, but I think about this a lot. I just don't want to, um, to reveal that these things happen to me. That I don't want to reveal that I've experienced X, Y, or Z. And I think that, that that space, even though it's uncomfortable, is the perfect space. Because that's where, you know, a pen and paper comes in handy. That's where, you know, uh, uh, therapy comes in handy. That's where male-led support groups come in handy. That's where, you know, environments where it's safe to say, you know, I've been hurt. And nobody's going to judge you for that. And I think communities, you know, groups are, are, are easier for, for men to navigate um, because, you know, nobody wants to be the first one. And for men, based off of what I understand and what I experience, you know, you're always keeping score. And it's not of the, the women you've talked to or the men you've talked to, depending on how what you prefer. Um, but it's 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 what you won and what you lost. It really has. It's not so much to do with you know 
who you conquered or didn't conquer. It's just what you won and what you lost. And some things have nothing to do with sexuality that you've definitely lost. You've lost a sense of control. You've lost a sense of self-worth. And that's why you're out here talking to everybody. Because you feel like the only th- way that you can gain attention and validation is if you satisfy some woman sexually or satisfy someone sexually. And so that's why you move through the world the way you do. Or you realize that there's no space for you to really be vulnerable in your household. There's no space for you to need a day off. There's no space for you to take your cape off and be a vulnerable dad. You know, and to your wife or your spouse may not know how to properly facilitate an environment where you can actually be vulnerable because she has an idea, an expectation of you. Uh, 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 this, This story she's written about what you are definitely supposed to provide in her life. And if that's something you don't know how to do, right? If that's something you're having trouble doing, if you're experiencing a lot of anxiety around this, like how do I articulate that to the woman who I care about or the person who I care about without being completely shamed for it? We don't shame women for 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 saying they've had enough. You know, we celebrate them. You're an empowered woman. You've walked away, blah, blah, blah. Now, if a guy says, I've had enough of you, I'm divorcing you, right. then, well, you walked out on your family. You love blah, 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 blah. It's right. just like, the same grace is not given to men Correct. in a lot of situations. Correct. Um, but men have the right to vocalize and take action if they're not happy in a relationship, a marriage. Absolutely. Um, or a lifestyle, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that where men tend to run and hide from their truth because there is no support or because they're living this illusion in society like I should want this and should I I really try to eliminate from my vocabulary (laughs) as much as possible Um, because it puts that extra pressure that you're failing in some capacity right Uh, so how do you handle that when you wake up to the truth of like this is not actually what makes me happy and what I really want and where do I go Um, I think there's a lot of different ways I think some people um, secrecy is is the way that they handle the pressure. Mm-hmm. They don't talk about what's what's really going on with them. I think some people, you know, uh, being a, a philanderer or uh, or um, you know, not being faithful in their relationship, you know, can sometimes be a cover for trauma that you're dealing with um, that you don't want to reveal to the woman who you care about, and so you find other people who can help you exercise that trauma response. You know, could that could be coming from childhood even. You know, there's a and it's really interesting to me how many men as a grown man have revealed to me the sexual trauma that they've been through. Mm-hmm. And so then, you know, I look back at their lives and, and what I know of them, and a lot of things make sense. Mm-hmm. Because if you're unable to express and to find, you know, peace or healing through the trauma that you've experienced um it's going to come out somewhere and sometimes and sometimes that comes out in infidelity sometimes that comes out in gambling sometimes that comes out with impulsivity sometimes that comes out in you know in massive depressive mood swings you know and it's because there's a break on the inside and so i think you know for a lot of men you know nobody wants to talk about how much you're hurting Nobody wants to talk about 
how frustrated you are with the fact that, you know, you feel like you're married to somebody who really doesn't care. They just want you to provide their white picket fence fantasy and then you're just supposed to be happy with it because you get laid. Like, <laughs> contrary to popular opinion. <laughs> right. You know, and this is very controversial, but I'm going to say this. No, no, speak. Speak it. I think sometimes women put too much stock on what they bring to a relationship physically. Yes. And I, I, I understand that. that women's bodies are sacred, but so are men's. Um, and to assume that because you gave something that they also didn't give something to you is a real misinterpretation, I feel like, of, of energy. Mm-hmm. And to assume that by default, your womanly energy is more important or, or more valuable just because than anyone else's, I think that's a misinterpretation too. I don't think that one is more valuable than the other. Right, it's superiority. It, and, and it's a level of, of ignorance, I think. You know, I think it's hard for women, I think, sometimes to figure out what men need because men haven't taken time or ta- haven't taken um, taken up enough space to figure out what they need. Yes. Figure out, they take up space to... to because to, they're out there providing correct. and hustling and being focused on the materialistic side of life. Which is where they get, get validation. Right. At work, So at it's home. a vicious circle. Yeah. And so that's why I think... You know, especially in terms of just, you know, interpersonal communication and things. I think there's just not enough safe spaces. I want to see more books written about, you know, male trauma. I want to see more books written about men who need to divorce, you know, women. I want to see more books written about, you know, know, men who who have been driven to alcoholism because of the the relationships that they've been, who have been driven to to all. And don't get me wrong, nobody is taking the responsibility off of you for your own actions. However, certain people's effect on you is an effect that you can't deny. And I think just because you're a female doesn't make you a good lover, doesn't make you mm-hmm. a good intimate partner, doesn't make you a good partner in general, doesn't make you sensitive, doesn't make you understanding, doesn't make you, you know, wise. Like those things are not mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, well, female intuition. And this is not to bash women. This is to free women from this idea that you have to be perfect in every relationship you come into and that you don't equally get to be flawed and, and have, figured, have to figure out stuff as well. And I think if women feel like don't feel like they have to be as perfect, then they should take this the 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 take the uh, what am I trying to say the the focus take the uh, expectation of men to be perfect in every relationship off of them as well because what I see in society is a lot of people giving women the space to be exactly who they are whatever that means. And I think that's great. What I don't see is women or the society giving men the, 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 the freedom to be exactly who they are and to be celebrated because of it. I believe as a woman and as Amber that it's, <laughs> beca- <laughs> it's because people lack the ability to be in touch with themselves. When you are disconnected from yourself, you're never going to understand how to connect with somebody else or give that space yeah. of understanding yeah. 
because you're lacking the accountability of your own mess mm. and your own past and your own upbringing. Like for me, as an example, growing up, it was, oh well, if you don't if you don't have it together, Amber, then you know just get a man to take care of you. And that what was that's what was pushed on me because there was no faith that I would actually. Uh, grow up and become something right. of value. So instead, just just settle with finding a, a rich man that will take care of you. Right. And that was what was the bar was set. And I think that a lot of people, you know, and as much as you know, society wants to be like, oh, stop talking about your past, move on, like get over it. That that's escape escaping the truth. You need to go back. You don't need to stay there, but you need to see how you were raised. What was what was instilled in you what was what was told to you as a model of what to become and also in relationships because that's what's going to affect you as an adult Mm -hmm. if you think well i need to grow up and i need to find a man to take care of me and that's it but maybe deep down inside you actually don't want that you maybe want to travel the world you want to become a teacher you want to provide for yourself yeah so i think that it, it it requires a lot of accountability, a lot of processing how you were raised, and then meeting men, you know, or uh, transgender, you know, however you want to label it. I want to be, you know, pol- politically correct here. And meeting people halfway at the table with grace. I think yeah. grace is a powerful word and meaning because we lack a lot of it in society. Yeah. And that's where the misunderstandings between men and women happen. Yeah. And all these false illusions of who we should be and what we should accept. Like, expectations have killed so much in my life. Oh, man. Where now, where I'm at presently, I try to not have expectations. Because I find that I actually enjoy life more when I don't have expectations. Whether it's on other men or um, career goals or just life. Like, just live it and enjoy being present with someone. And we lack that so much. Yeah. And I, and I think one of the... One of the things I think is is very helpful is to is to be focused on what you believe your design is, your mm-hmm. purpose is in life. Um, when you're more focused on what you believe you're supposed to be doing, it's very difficult to constantly absorb what everybody else wants you to be doing. Yeah, and it creates rifts and it creates issues, and you got to be okay with that because in some aspects, you know. You're not here to save anybody. You're here to be yourself mm-hmm. um, and to exercise the gifts that you know you were given. And so, to me, you know, I, I, I hear you. I think it's you do have to go back. You don't stay there, but you acknowledge that this is a thing. Mm-hmm. I feel this way, and it causes me to be this way. You know, or you know, and, and you can insert whatever behaviors. And I think that's the the. I think that's. Sometimes what makes relationships, you know, whether they are conventional or non-conventional, really special is the fact that you can hold each other in a place of love and also in a place of non-attachment, in a place of of care and concern. But you also understand this person is on their own individual journey. Mm -hmm. And I care about you so much that as long as you're in my presence, I want to make sure you're safe. But I know I have to release you to the world because you're not mine to keep. Right. And I think that is hard for people because we Oof. want what makes us to feel good to never leave. But the reality is if, if the thing that makes you feel good never leaves, you never learn how to actually make yourself feel good. 
Yes. And then you're never really an as- an asset to what actually is making you feel good, which I think leads to, you know, the the, the, the conversation about, you know, um, men and women and relationships and things. If you're expecting him to do something for you that you can't do for yourself, mm-hmm. and he's expecting you to do something for him that you can't do for that he can't do for himself, you're both expecting yourself to take up space that neither of you actually know how to facilitate. Mm-hmm. And so the entire relationship, I'm expecting you to do something that I don't know how to do. You're expecting me to do something that you don't know how to do. And so I'm now you're depending on me for your own stability. I don't believe that's what relationships are built on. No, but that is what society does create as a, quote, uh, healthy relationship or a foundation. And it's so misguided. But that that takes years of unraveling and getting to the root of that and your own self-development work that a lot of people just don't want to do. You know, it's like uh, when you don't have depth within yourself, you're not going to have depth within your relationships. Never. And sometimes, you know, let's be honest, it's safer to live in your head. Yeah, I have a whole about. life there. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I like, got a lot of adventures in my head all the time. Absolutely, me too. Time. Like you know, it it's safer to not say anything. It's safer to deal with your trauma by yourself. Yeah, it's safer to 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 um to stay alone in in some level, and. Yeah, we talked about that before. Yeah, like, it's, it's, it's sometimes it's, that's the best thing for it you. It could be very easy and good and comfortable to remain single. Yeah. And you become really good at being Absolutely. single. Absolutely. Absolutely, because you feel like I can do myself the least amount of damage and I can do other people the least amount of damage if I'm not committing to anybody outside of myself. Yeah. Because the more, the closer I get to learning and becoming what I'm supposed to be, that is what's going to create space for other people that's what's going to create space for whatever that relationship is and i think on the one hand that's correct i think you do have to figure out what your baggage is and start making space but then i also think um you have to know what the red flags are you have not to turn know, them into green flags and not turn them into green flags you have to learn like listen this is not working i need to separate myself and that's where I feel like in in the past I've messed up because I always want to think everything's cool and it's probably just me or something like that. Mm-hmm. And or they'll grow. Or they'll grow. They'll it's not that work. big of a deal. We have the conversation. Mm-hmm. Everything's cool. Mm-hmm. And in reality, this person is not at all okay. Yes. And in that aspect, it is your job as men. You know, it is our job to to cut things off. And that's where I think a lot of us, you know. Um, mess up is because we're okay like we we say okay well you know they're probably fine you know because i'm expecting that you have compartmentalized this the way that i have not because i'm assuming this but because this is something you said you were cool with Mm -hmm. but that's not necessarily what's really happening and i think as men we have to learn to lean into our own intuition but we're not rewarded for that we're rewarded for taking action for doing things Mm -hmm. you know you don't you don't get praised for for taking a passive approach to something because you feel something energetically it's not right you're praised for for moving and confidence and things like that and i think that can hinder your judgment um and i don't even think as men you know and it's just maybe i'm tripping but i don't even think as men growing up we never talked about intuition. You know, we never talked about, yeah. like, know when to, like, uh, 
No when is the sign of somebody who's like having a mental problem. No when is the sign of somebody who's having severe attachment issues. Right. No when is the sign of which is all, well, they're just crazy. It's like, nah, it's not just crazy. Right. They're having a significant moment. You need to separate yourself from that moment because you got to understand some of this has nothing to do with you. And the only thing you're going to do energetically is continue stirring the pot, even if that's not what you meant to do. Even if that's not, you know, and so I think that misunderstanding is creates even more narratives about, you know, how heartless men are and all this other kind of stuff. I'm like... Because it's easy to put labels like narcissism. Oh, yeah. And narcissistic oh, yeah. tendencies. Just open up Instagram and you'll see a whole bunch of experts oh, yeah. out there that are oh, yeah. <laughs> without doing the, the self-checking the of, am I being narcissistic? Men. Yeah. Like, like, it's healthy to self-check and we and, lack that and still And everyone has a level of narcissism. Absolutely. Everyone has a level of narcissism. I think it's called confidence. <laughs> I think it's called believing in yourself. Right. You know, I think it's called, you know, knowing who you are and, and, and against what anyone else says i believe a certain thing about me it doesn't matter how anybody else perceives it yeah. i believe a certain thing about me and i'm putting in the work to continue to bring that thing to the forefront of my life and i think when you label everybody as a narcissist and label all men as you know users <laughs> yes. and abusers you're 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 ultimately you're ultimately leaving your space yourself no space to grow because yeah. people are going to start to become that because that's the it's only the law thing of attraction. you expect them. yep the law of attraction. I could seriously talk to hours for you about this. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. so much your vulnerability. Absolutely. And, Thank you. And willingness as a man um, and also a black man to share your journey and your conversations that you have in private. Yeah. Um, and that you are creating space for other men to feel that same vulnerability and comfort to share their own trauma and their yeah. stories. So um, before we go, two things. What kind of resources do you have for either women that want to help their significant other or male important uh, individuals in their life or a man that's listening or where they can go to find some resources to help with their healing journey? Um, so I'll be honest, the, the main person who, well, there's a couple of people I feel like are doing this work and they're doing a really good job, um, is a book called Battle Cry. It's by Jason Wilson. Um, he's uh, He runs a nonprofit. He's out of Detroit, Michigan. Really, really cool dude. Um, and uh, he's written several books, I think, for men who are trying to heal and, and to get through what has been affecting them on, on, the, on the low end. Mm -hmm. um, I, would, I would start there. Uh, and then for women who are interested in, in men and, and what we go through, I think the same thing. I think you should start reading the books that that articulate what your man or your boyfriend or your son or your dad cannot articulate. And I think starting with um, Battle Cry is a really, really great step in that. There's some documentaries and things, but this is an emerging niche that I think is going to continue to bubble up. And I love, I would love to be a part of it um, as, as, you know, and provide space for it on my podcast as well, just because you know, there's a lot of healing that needs to be done, and it's not yes. just with with women. I think it's a lot with men and boys. And then my final question is, what does self-love mean to you? Uh, self-love means to me um, that I'm committed beyond the point of pain to occupying my purpose because ultimately nothing makes me more happy than doing what I feel like I'm designed to do. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I love it. Thank you so much. And then real quick before we run out of time, yeah. where can people reach out to you if they have any questions or they just like, uh, I need uh, more of you. <laughs> absolutely. So listen, Empower You Podcast on all the stuff. Empower You Podcast on Twitter. I think it's Empower You Pod on Twitter. Empower You Podcast on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, if you're looking to start a podcast and you're a business owner and you need help, um, I do produce podcasts as well. You can look me up, Kibway Podcast Guru, uh, on Instagram. Um, my name is really unique, so if mm-hmm. you look for Kibway anywhere, it'll probably come up with me. So, yeah, uh, I love yeah, it. That's I it. love it. Thank you so much, and I hope you continue to, you know, stick to your path, and Absolutely. I know you will, and keep, you know, shining your light and helping other men and women. Uh, on their own journey. Absolutely. Thank you so much for letting me be on here. Thank you for being here. I want to thank Kibway Cooper for joining me with this important conversation. And if we want to heal our planet, we have to be able to have these vulnerable conversations and meet people halfway at the table with their perspective, even if it's uncomfortable. So again, you can find Kibway Cooper on Empower You Podcast, all platforms, and Creative Podcast Network. So until next time, remember to be kind to yourself and be kind to others. Peace and love. Thanks for listening.